0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Classroom 33 podcast. Pastor Dustin is here with Steve Prudian today, and today we are talking about Job 11. Steve, how are you doing?
1: Doing fine, thank you, Dustin. Yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Okay. i doing
0: pretty been, good. Been
1: a while. We've missed a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, we, we did miss a couple of weeks. Yeah, you were laboring
1: uh, in Mexico, and before that, we had technical difficulties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the one thing I love about uh, technology. It will let you down.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, is with technology, you also have an opportunity to fix it.
0: That's true. Although a couple weeks ago, I could not fix it in sufficient time to get our stuff done. Um, but on from that, Job eleven. This is um, Job's been going on. He's responded to. He's responded to Eliphaz. He's responded to the other guy, I forget his name. And now it's Zophar's turn. And uh, there, there is actually quite a bit of truth in what Zophar brings. And I do just want to start by reading a portion of this. And this is the last, kind of the last third of this passage here of this chapter. Zophar says, If only you would prepare your heart and lift up your hands to him in prayer, get rid of your sins and leave all iniquity behind you. Then your face will brighten with innocence. You will be strong and free of fear. You will forget your misery. It will be like water flowing away. Your life will be brighter than the noonday. Even darkness will be as bright as morning. Having hope will give you courage. You will be protected and will rest in safety. You will lie down unafraid and many will look to you for help. That doesn't sound all that bad. I want some of that. <laughs> Me too. I want to I lie down unafraid. I want my darkness to be as bright as morning. Some of that sounds pretty
1: good. So, if, if I didn't know better, yeah. I would say this is got this is a, a coach or some team giving you a motivational speech.
0: It might be. I'm not a coach, but if I were, I might take some of that. Uh huh. Of course, you and I know that there's a problem with what Zophar is doing here.
1: Yes, we do. You know what you had mentioned? Um, Job being talked to by his three friends. Yep. For those people who haven't read the book of Job, who have not been in the class or listen to the podcast, Job has one other personality, one other person, character, that is far worse than all of his friends. And that is Satan himself, the devil. Right. Because it was Satan himself, the devil, who has been doing these deeds to Job. Now, as a Christian, we find it hard to look at Job's suffering. Yes, we do. But as a Christian, we have to also acknowledge that God also sees Job's suffering.
0: Yes, He does.
1: And God has allowed the suffering that is happening to Job. Not at the hand of God. As some people assume the book of Job is is God punishing Job, it is not God punishing Job. Correct. It is Satan who is the main actor upon Job's life. We've talked about the friends that Job has, that with friends like these, who needs enemies? Right. However, we also have to understand That Job's friends know nothing about the age of grace. Correct. The teachings of Jesus did not exist. And the theology of that time was very simple. You do good, you get treated good. You do bad, you deserve to get treated bad. And here we have the story of Job. The friends say he must have done something wrong. But more important than that... They want Job to confess that he is a sinner. And Job has maintained his innocence. And he has refused to this point to admit that he is a sinner. It's almost like forcing a confession from an innocent man.
0: Yes, it is. And uh, as a former police officer... These are dirty tactics. This is what would be called coercion. And anything Job says to incriminate himself gets thrown out in court. So, uh, so knowing that Zophar is in this chapter taking a very different approach than Eliphaz and Bildad they took, they took a very straightforward—actually, Eliphaz, we talked about him being more of a lawyer. He was mm-hmm. more of an attorney type, um, just to follow that analogy. But Zophar takes a different approach. He's not, uh, he's not speaking to Job in a logical way. So what really is his bent on this?
1: Sometimes I look at uh, Zophar and, you know, every person— is, is a born with a personality. Yep. And different personalities approach the same subject in different ways. And Zophar, he's listened to the two educated, logical, reasonable mm-hmm. friends and Job cannot be moved. Since that didn't work, Zophar was stepping up the game. You could say that in this particular case, He's the cleanup hitter. Okay. Okay. They saved the worst to last. Okay. And Zophar is basically the brute who is going to come in and try to do a knockout punch on Job. But Zophar doesn't count on one thing. What's that? Job has not been moved to this point. No, he hasn't. And Zophar doesn't understand why Zophar, while Job will not be moved. So he decides to talk to Job in a not so friendly tone, actually, in an angry tone. Mm-hmm. However, it's amazing that um, he's like an old jackass in the Bible. He doesn't know that in his anger, he's actually speaking the truth. And right. so there's there's a lot of truths with this particular jackass, okay, <laughs> okay. Who, is, who is the clean-up hitter. And what's interesting is, it's amazing how he begins to the last couple of verses that you read on how he ends.
0: That's true. And... I can admit I did not do his tone any justice at all when I was reading out of it. But to go back, to go back into it, verse two, verses two and three. Okay. And he says, shouldn't someone answer this torrent of words? Is a person proved innocence just by a lot of talking? Should I remain silent while you babble on when you mock God? Shouldn't someone make you ashamed? And so that really, like I said, I did not do that last third any justice whatsoever. But reading that just now, I mean, it really sets the tone for what he has to say. His intent is to shame and ridicule Job. And this is something I've seen. I've I've seen it happen in church situations. Honestly, not in this church. I haven't seen it. And if it's happened, I've not been aware of it in the last two years that I've been here. But I have seen it happen in previous churches, and I have uh, even more than that. I've talked to a lot of people who grew up in a church and were hurt by a church because the church did what Zophar did, or somebody in the church did, they weaponized scripture. They took the truth and they used it in... And how do I want to say this? They used it in, I'll just say, a wrong way. Perhaps even with the best of attentions. But they used it the wrong way and it ended up hurting the person instead of helping them.
1: I've heard of people being whipped by the scripture.
0: Ooh, that's a appropriate visual.
1: I think that even Jesus himself by the Pharisees was whipped by the scripture. It's interesting how words in the wrong mouth can inflict harm.
0: Yes, they can. They
1: were never ever meant for the intent <clears throat> that they were being used for. This is a case Mm -hmm. where this crusader, Zophar feels that it is his ultimate responsibility to extract a confession from an innocent man.
0: Yes, he does. Yes, he does.
1: Do you see what he is leveling on Job next? If you take a look at um, 5 and 6, he is telling Job, okay, that God should punish him even greater, that he deserves more punishment for what he does. Interesting move To try to intimidate. Right. Interesting move to try to intimidate, because I don't know what more Job could take, and I don't know what more the devil could do. However, if somebody is mentioning that to me, I'm sitting there saying, what's coming next? So, what is coming next, Dustin?
0: What is coming next?
1: Yeah. What is the greatest sin that Zophar calls Job out for? And if you look, it uh, is uh, three lines down.
0: Three lines down. Three
1: lines down.
0: Uh Uh-oh. It's the
1: command. It is the exhortation of Zophar. And what
0: does he say? He says, stop judging God. Is that what you're looking at? Yep. 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 Stop judging God. Who do you think you are?
1: Does it get any worse than that?
0: Uh, No, not really.
1: (laughs) Okay. What does Satan do with God? He
0: judges him. He judges God. That's how this whole thing started. That's right. It's exactly how the whole thing started, because Satan goes, he's not really righteous. You're just giving him all sorts of good things. Of course he's going to love you. And what does Satan tell people today about God? The same exact thing. So, his lies and his tricks really don't change, do they? That's his
1: operatus. It's his personality. It's his M.O., Okay. Yep. You can tell who did the crime by looking at the evidence. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this guy, I'm, he's got multiple tricks, but I mean, he's he's got five or six good ones, and he repeats them over and over. That's why it's so important to know this book. It is do, so important to know this. You book. See,
1: do you see the next line that Sofa uh, uses? He is. He is acting like he's defending God. But what is he really saying? Go ahead and read that.
0: Which, which verse? 9 through oh, 12. 9 through 12, okay. Uh, 9. Well, no, I'm going to back up. Otherwise, we're starting in the middle of a thought here. All right, so 7. Can you solve the mysteries of God? Can you dis- discover everything about the Almighty? Such knowledge is higher than the heavens. And who are you? It is deeper than the underworld. What do you know? It's broader than the earth. It's wider than the sea. If God comes and puts a person in prison or calls court to order, who can stop him? Um, For he knows those who are false and he takes notes of all their sins. An empty-headed person won't become wise any more than a wild donkey can bear a human child.
1: He just called Job a stupid jackass. Yes, he did. (laughs) That's what he just did. Because he called him that, because he was shaming Job, to because he knew that Job could not answer these right. very things that Zophar brought up. But the question is, who can? No one can, not even Satan. Satan can't answer
0: these questions. No, he can't, and there is some irony. In what Zophar is saying, because he's saying, can you solve the mysteries of God? Can you discover everything? Such knowledge is higher than the heavens. Almost like he knows. He's saying, I know, I know this. You can't know this. I know that it's higher than the heavens.
1: What's higher than the heavens?
0: Nothing. I mean, God's God and he lives in heaven, so.
1: You have to think about what their concept of heaven was.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But it does seem like this is coming from a very arrogant, very condescending...
1: How about angry?
0: Yeah. Oh, there's definitely some anger in here. And
1: angry people basically say things out of their emotions. Right. And the emotions... Are speaking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, here's a question for you. Can the same person who is making the accusations speak truth at the same time that he's speaking lies?
0: Well, it's it's an intermingling. He's got truths and he's got lies in here, and it's and it's just. Mind-boggling. But isn't that,
1: that isn't that what a lot of Christians do today?
0: They oh, it mix, is. Yeah, they
1: mix truth with half truth with non-truth, mm-hmm. and then they get totally confused.
0: Yes, that's exactly. That's that was the point I was driving at. It's mind-boggling how we haven't grown past so far in oh, let's just say five thousand years or so. You know, from the period of the patriarchs, right? He's a contemporary of Abraham. So through the exodus, through the wilderness, through the conquering, through the cycle of apostasy, through the Babylonian exile, through the silent period, through the life of Jesus, his sacrifice, his crucifixion, his resurrection. And now in the age of the church, we still have not grown past Mixing. Job's friends. Job's friends. (laughs) We're still Job's friends. We still mix the truth with the lies. We still whip people with scripture. How have we not learned from this? Either we deny it
1: or we accept the truth as the truth from the Word of God. But all too often, modern Christianity mixes the truth of the Word of God with what's popular for what people want to hear in our society to give it credibility. Right. So, by doing that, is it still the unadulterated, pure truth of the Word of God?
0: No, it's not.
1: No, it is not. But a lot of people don't know that. And the reason they don't know that is because most people do not study the true Word of God.
0: Right. Yep, and we've talked about it before. The only way to know what's true is to study what is true. There's too many counterfeits out there to know what they all look like, but if you know what the real one looks like, if you know what the Holy Spirit sounds like, if you know what it says in the Bible, you know when you hear something that says something different. If we look
1: at the conditions... To get right with God. Okay. And this is coming, okay, from Zophar. Yep. Now, remember what I just said, that sometimes if a person gets emotional enough or gets angry enough, what they intend to say isn't really what is actually being led to believe. Right. Okay. The hearer hears something differently. This is what he is saying, whether he knows it or not. And let me read this to you. This is kind of um, an excerpt from the passage. His his number one thing is he's saying to Job, "Stop sinning, turn back to God, or you will die." Is that a true statement?
0: That is a true statement. That
1: is a true statement. Okay. The second thing he says is is this, you cannot walk with God with a life full of sin. Is that a true statement or not?
0: That is a true statement. That
1: is a true statement. Okay, he says this, he says, when you are not afraid of God, you can walk with him and have a good life. Your hope will return. Is that a true statement or not? Yes. How do you define the word afraid? Well, afraid... This this is the period of time that Zophar is in. This is the theology of the day. Right. Okay? And Zophar is using the word afraid... Okay why would Job
0: want to be afraid of God he shouldn't be afraid of God in the way that Zophar is saying Mhm right are... because because we've talked about we have that reverent fear and
1: we talked about fearing
0: yep that awe and wonder and god you are so great and it's almost terrifying how powerful and just, we should be awestruck by that. But we should not be afraid of him the way a whipped dog is afraid of its master. Where it cowers. And if it screws up, it's going to get beaten. That's that's a very different kind of fear. A dog that has been properly trained works for his master and works for that reward and that love and comes to him boldly and the whip dog doesn't. The whip dog comes afraid. The difference is the dog that has been properly trained knows the love of his master and a dog that's only been whipped does not.
1: Knows the punishment of the master.
0: Knows the wrath of the master. I'm going to say wrath because even the well-trained dog has been disciplined.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That dog might have been beaten once or twice, or several times, we don't know, but that dog knows the love. The whipped dog, the beaten dog, the downtrodden dog, only knows the wrath.
1: When does, when does a Christian need to be afraid of God?
0: In, in that context, I don't think we need to be afraid of God at all. We should have that reverent fear. We should have that awe. We should have that respect. But we also know God's love. And we know that we're not the subject of his wrath. I have a, fe- I have a feeling you might disagree with me
1: no I'm okay. agreeing you with a hundred percent okay however a Christian okay is only afraid of God when that Christian is violating God's law a Christian is only afraid of God okay when he knows that he's willingly stepped out of the will of God the Christian who does not is not afraid of the correction of God is a Christian who is walking with God and he knows that in walking with God that his sins have been forgiven and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that particular person, that particular Christian is daily trying to walk with Jesus Christ, and not try to buck the will of his father, the law, or the church.
0: So then... Since we have the great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This is the high priest of ours who understands our weakness, for he has faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through the end of it.
1: And what's the attitude to find grace? What is the attitude to find grace?
0: To find to find grace? Humility. Humility. Right? That humble brokenness.
1: And those people that are defying God, are they exhibiting grace?
0: No, that was the biggest problem with the Pharisees. They were mm-hmm. so self-righteous that there was nothing that could save them from themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. If you take a look at how do you know if the advice is right? So far has given Job a lot of advice. Yes, he has. Okay. We today will have Christians that hopefully if they see us going wrong, they will correct us.
0: Right. And they they should. They're supposed to.
1: And the fact is, is that some of us, not easy, some of us who aren't sure of the way that we're going is the right way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we'll seek other people out that can help clarify that path. But the right. question is, is how do you know the advice is right? How do you know the advice is right
0: that people are giving you? It passes the test. And what's that test? The first part of the test, I, I would say it's a two-part test. Okay. First of all, does it match Scripture? Mm-hmm. Is the advice that you're getting is it matching what the Word of God says? That's test number one. Mm-hmm. Test number two: Is it being given in a spirit of love in order for you to grow? Mm-hmm. Because Zophar's words are right, but what he is saying is still wrong because when you take his aggression into account his purpose for saying what he's saying is to get Job to feel guilt he's trying to get Job to feel shame and even to make himself feel and look superior to this supposed great man that makes it wrong if his purpose is to humble himself to serve Job, to give Job a step stool in order to get up. You know, in Psalm 40, you lifted me out of the muck and the mire, right? So is Zophar climbing halfway into the swamp to help Job get out? No, he's not.
1: He's putting a lid on it. He's, he, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's, he's throwing bricks at him. Here, catch this. Um, But his purpose is to make Job smaller and make himself bigger. But when the purpose is to make yourself smaller and to lift up the other person, and it matches with Scripture, it's good advice.
1: If you're going to a person for counseling, Mm -hmm. what do you have to know about that counselor?
0: Their credentials.
1: And what does that mean?
0: that means that they understand they're going to they're going to be able to process what you're saying in a way that is helpful and return to you with advice that is good.
1: And where is this advice going to come from?
0: Well, that depends on the counselor.
1: Mhm. But where should a Christian be getting advice?
0: Now, see, that's, that's where I'm going to challenge the word counselor just, just in the smallest of ways, mm-hmm. because when somebody comes to me for counseling, as a pastor and not a trained counselor, mm-hmm. I cannot, quote, counsel the person. I can offer spiritual direction. The advice comes from the Bible. It comes from the Word of God. From the spirit that lives inside of me to use my voice to convey to the person what they need. And it's up to that person to allow their spirit to interpret it properly and understand it rightly.
1: Actually, you're practicing the greatest of counsel. Because you are practicing the true light, the truth of God. You're not trying to get a person to psychologically change. Right. You're try- not trying to get a person to physiologically change. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to justify or explain away the man's feelings or actions. Right. The fact is, this is what you're trying to do, is to show the man how to get back on the right path to eternal life.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Other than that, you're totally illegal because you're not trained in the arts and the practice of medicine, psychology, sociology, and any of the other disciplines that you would have to go get a degree for and get licensed.
0: Right. So stay out of trouble. (laughs) That's why I said I have to I have to I have to by law give the disclaimer.
1: That's right. You I do. am not.
0: I am not a trained counselor, but what I can offer you is spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to pursue counseling, I can certainly recommend.
1: So, if a person, yep. let's say a Christian, has a besetting sin today,
0: okay? okay,
1: and let's say that that person hides it well from most everybody that knows them, but it still is bothering them. Yep. What should that person do?
0: Seek spiritual counsel.
1: And spiritual counsel is going to say what? What is the remedy to a besetting sin?
0: Step one is to confess.
1: Okay, good. I'm glad you got to step one. Step two?
0: (laughs) Step two is to ask forgiveness. Okay. And then... uh, and then the work of not doing it again. That's called
1: repentance. That's, a, called, that's called that's repentance. Called, that's doing a turnaround.
0: Right. Okay. What right. do
1: you replace it with? You have you, a void. What are you going to replace it with?
0: You've got to replace it with God.
1: You've got to replace it with God, and what God tells you is the replacement that you need. Exactly. Unfortunately, a counselor cannot speak for God into a person's heart to tell that person what it is that they need in order to not fall back under that temptation, into right. that sin. It takes work.
0: Yes, it does. It
1: has to become a discipline in mm-hmm. their life. And one of the things we should never forget, you or I, okay, is, this, is that what we are is what we were. And what we were is where we were a sinner. Yep. But what we are today is we're saved by grace. Correct. So we need to stay in grace, not that grace is taken away from us or grace goes away. But oftentimes, those of us who do not value the grace of God and the price that was paid will fall back into their old ways. And mm-hmm. that is equivalent to the word of God of a dog going back to the vomit. Yes, it is. So in order to not go back to the vomit, you need to find what discipline God wants for you to keep you away from that. But to be reminded that that was bad. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if you go back, it'll be worse. Right. Right. Because the food that the dog ate, when he ate it, was better than the vomit he went back to.
0: Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right, Steve, I think I think that's probably our stopping point for this week. Do we want to throw a preview out there for next week?
1: No, I don't have a preview because we're not going to be done with Job chapter 11 uh, until well, we might finish it this week, but um, we'll get into Job chapter 12. Now, Job chapter 12 is interesting. Okay. Because in this dialogue that Job is going to have with none other than his worst accuser, Zobar, mm-hmm, is Job starts throwing questions to Zophar.
0: That Zophar
1: does not have the answer to. Oh, my. Okay? So, the role changes.
0: We're fighting fire with fire. The
1: role changes. And, in fact, when you hear Job speak, Job still does not confess his sin. But he gives a defense of who God is to him. Okay. Okay that Zophar doesn't realize who God is to Zophar. And so Job, interestingly, if you read 12 and you read it in the right attitude, in the right tone, Job becomes an evangelist. Interesting. But Job becomes an evangelist um, even with all of the suffering that he is experiencing at that moment, all the suffering of the past days and the present day suffering of being sick and sore and weak and living in the city dump, scraping off wounds and sores. But there's one thing he has not lost, is he has not lost his faith in God and his ability to defend who God is and why he believes it. And you know what? That's an example to us. We're going to have bad days. Yep. But the thing is, is, is is, that we still have the same God who loves us. And that same God is true. And he's fruitful. And he still blesses us. And he still wants to bless us. But even in spite of what we're going through, he is the God who is
0: still there. Amen. All right, Steve, thank you very much for coming in. Great conversation.
1: Thank